If you enjoy audio drama and fiction podcasts, sign up for the Fiction Podcast Weekly. It's an email newsletter with the latest news, events, creative opportunities, job listings, behind-the-scenes production resources, podcast milestones, debuts, and finales. Plus, it's free. Sign up now at thepodcasthost.com slash fictionpodcastweekly. people of the world and welcome to the third episode of Adwit Podcast on today focusing on plot with me, Sarah Golding. Hello, I'm Lindsay and I'm very happy to be here working on part two of our discussion of plot and how to make it yours. Woohoo! So yeah, yeah, we hope you've had a chance to have a look at those fantastic links we put on our show notes from last episode of various Rude Goldberg devices, Heath Robinson Mm -hmm. contraptions. We hope you've also had a chance to to think about your own structure and utilise the the resources Lindsay shared last week. So Mm -hmm. onwards with plot. Uh, Yes. Yes, with plot or scheme or plan or how you're going to get from point A to point Z, no matter what. Um, Last time we talked about, just real quick, we talked about a person wants to do a thing but comes up against an obstacle and ends up bleh or yay Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we also talked about five-act structure, which is a person comes up against a, a a person wants to do something comes up against an obstacle, fails, learns from their mistake or learns from their failure and then keeps going based on what they've learned and ends up hopefully triumphant. Um, The best ones that I really like Mm -hmm. is ones where the person gets what they think they want, Mm -hmm. but for some reason it's a failure. And they learn something and they end up changing in that last that last act. They're a new person and they move forward into this new world and they're changed and they mm-hmm. end up succeeding even better than they would have. At the so what examples what examples could you give of that? Genre wise, maybe. Oh, the first thing that is coming to my mind right now is is WandaVision. Because I'm uh, watching that on the I'm Disney watching Channel that right now. Are it's, you watching that too? It's oh my God, awesome. Why isn't it Friday yet? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, so um, I can't. Uh, I don't want to spoil Wandavision. Um, actually, <laughs> I can think of something which is a good example, and it may be a spoiler for Wooden Overcoats. <gasps> but Wooden Overcoats has been around for a very long time. Yes, and I guess it's okay. All right, spoilers for wooden overcoats, and I'll put a time signature in uh, the show notes if uh, you don't want to have wooden overcoats spoiled for you. Yeah, just but, sing the sing the theme tune over this bit to yourself if you don't want to listen. Yes, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So, in any case, um, Sarah, do you remember oh. in wooden overcoats? Yes. When remember after David K. Barnes started playing the Doctor. Yes. And the doctor, oh, God, the doctor. so funny. So okay, so do you remember when I'm going to drop a big spoiler for people who are not familiar with wooden overcoats? Do you remember when Georgie's nan died? 
Yes, it I was so do. sad. We cried. It was so we laughed. Sad. We cried. It's beautifully sad because it was so funny and not. Then now the fine line of tragedy and comedy, Lindsay. Yeah, well, well, it, it was that. But the other thing about it too was, I mean, this is another thing that just makes me, you know, that just makes me go, David K. Barnes is a genius. He and is. It, I agree. it really, he. I mean, okay, David K. Barnes is brilliant. Mm. Um. In any case, here's what happened in that scene, in my opinion. Okay. First of all, right before we found out that Nan died, Mm -hmm. just before that, something had happened to cause Chapman to have some kind of major mental breakdown. I can't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. And Chapman ends up in Rudyard's kitchen, drinking tea with him. And the two of them are becoming friends. Yes. And they're talking back and forth, rapid fire. Mm -hmm. This amazing moment of basically, it was the moment that Rudyard won. I can't remember what it was, but maybe it was that Chapman's funeral home failed or something happened. And uh, Chapman, for some reason, was utterly lost. Mm -hmm. And he went to Rudyard to get help. And Rudyard sat there talking him through his pain. And the two of them were just, they're bantering back and forth, rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. And it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And something is just wrong. And yet it's so right. Basically, Rudyard has won. He has won over Chapman. And now he's making Chapman just dance for him like a little <laughs> marionette. And... Meanwhile, outside in the rain, the doctor tells Georgie at a very slow pace that her nan has died. Mm. And it's at this pace. Yeah. And so it goes from being this I win moment to this I am so sorry to tell you this, but. And what's happening in that moment is Rudyard has won. He has effectively won. He has finally broken Chapman, which is the thing that he wanted from the very beginning. He has wanted to make Chapman his little dancing marionette from the very beginning. Don't we all? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Chapman already is a little dancing marionette, except he's more in control than we think he is. But anyway, Chapman has lost. Rudyard has won. But the reality is the funeral business needs to be taken care of with the utmost care and love yeah. right outside their front door. Yeah. And they're completely missing the point. Oblivious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're completely oblivious to what it means to be a good, you know, all this time it's been, well, I'm the best funeral director. Oh, well. You can be the best funeral director all you want, but I'm going to be, you know, giving coffee and, you know, <laughs> you know, pastries to these wonderful mourners and taking them out of my yacht. I don't know. Get the body in the coffin in the ground on time. And now at the time when they need to be the most supportive funeral directors at the height of their skills, this person that they love who has busted her back for them mm. is outside in this great moment of sorrow. And they're completely missing it. And I think that's that five-act moment. Yeah. 
is that's that's what makes the difference. And I'm going to just, I just want to just swing completely out of there and also suggest like heist movies too. Heist movies are great because. Yes. Yeah. Heist movies. Okay. Heist movies. Yes. This is why we like heist movies because heist movies start out. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we need to do it. Yeah. Here are the obstacles. Yes. Here's how we're going to get around them. And ultimately, something happens along the way mm-hmm. that makes everybody have to. Usually what it is, is that they get the money, but they lose something important to them. Like maybe one of the one of the one of the burglars gets shot or yeah. something. Oh, and um, I read, because I'm doing a making, not a movie, but an audio heist something could be used for stage. I haven't decided yet. And I am deep in research and plot and I've watched loads and loads and loads of heist movies. And did you know till like 1950 something, they were not allowed to get away with it? Did you know really? that was a, I did not a, a know stipulation that. because of like life in generally they weren't allowed to to uh, have the the culprits get away with uh, really? whatever thing they were. I found that fascinating. Like it was. A, I find that fascinating too. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's I, I'm, really interesting, isn't it? So yeah, I'm deep in research right now, and I do hope not to be arrested for my search. I was going to say, <laughs> I, bet, I hope you clear your browser history. <laughs> Frequently, I must that's like that. when I was when I was working on Yarn Socks Arising, and I was looking up like how to blow up a wind turbine. <laughs> that, was, that could have gotten me in a bit of trouble. Oh man, I'm sure that every single writer listening to this is going, "Yeah, actually, I need to clear that uh, that uh, research yeah. on on where to stuff bodies." And <laughs> yeah, yeah, always yes. clear your browser history. <laughs> But yes, That's there are so pen- many good... pencil and paper is great for research because you can always burn it. Burn it. Good idea. Yep. <laughs> but a great example of a heist comedy that I personally love so much is Loot by Joe Orton. Uh, I was in that. I played Faye Jean McMahon at university. I did. And you would have made a wonderful Faye. Oh, she was I so bet you fun. Were I'm a great believer in traditional positions. Yes, that I'm was great... so... So fun. I, I love the thing where, like, the first moment you meet Faye, she's stolen the dead woman's slippers yes. and she's wearing them. Mm. It's like, are you wearing my wife's slippers? Oh, yes. Are those, what is, what is that? Oh, it's fluff. It's a form of fluff. They manufacture it in leaves. leaves? I love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I remember so... the lines. I am available if you need me, though I'm far too old to play her now. You know, let's do an aged up version. It's fine. Uh- <laughs> Actually, no, I think I think Faye could be if Faye were 60 and the mm-hmm. lads were 22, that would just make it even more. Yes. More like more Orton-esque. I mean, yeah. it's like entertaining Mr. Sloan. True. OK, true. so we'll sit here and have our, our Joe Orton discussion <laughs> at another time. <laughs> yeah. But fun fact for everybody listening at home, mm. Joe Orton started out making scripts for the BBC, uh-huh. for BBC Radio. The poor thing. Yep. <laughs> joking, joking. I know. Oh, the BBC. I have I have very strong feelings about Joe Orton. I love him very much. Yeah. He's a very complicated human being. But anyway, mm-hmm. Loot Tragic. is a great Tragic. heist comedy. Mm-hmm. Why is it a great heist comedy? Because the whole thing takes place 
after the robbers have gotten the money and hidden yeah. it in the wardrobe. Yeah. It all takes place in the front room or maybe it's the, the mother's old bedroom. Bedroom, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it all takes place in this one room. The they the robbers have gotten the money, they've put it in the wardrobe, they're hiding it. And but unfortunately, the mother of one of the robbers has just died. Mm-hmm. And the other one fortunately works for the local funeral parlor. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're basically trying to get the money out of the house yeah. while making it while not arousing suspicion. The money in the coffin to get the coffin out of the house on time, right? <laughs> exactly. They've got to get the the money the money in the mummy and the mummy in they, they've got to get the mummy in the wardrobe, the money in the coffin, and all of it's gotta be in the ground on time. But yeah. but the thing is that loot is much more a story about the two guys are in a relationship mm-hmm. with each other yeah. and have been all their lives. Yeah. One of them is in a relationship with the mother's nurse, yeah. Faye Jean McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> Another, the other one, there's sort of a, uh, will they or won't they simmering under the surface between the two of them? Mm-hmm. So they're sort of having this weird three-way relationship. And what yeah. it's all really about is, can we all get away to Spain? <laughs> yes. Or yeah. should we all just stay here and set up house? Mm. It's uh, and And also dealing with the police. There's a lot of stuff about the fun of police brutality and how much fun that is. Oh, the comments. Yes. Yes. It does happen um, in Britain too, folks. Did. Oh, yeah. Did. Has. Maybe. It does. Oh, gosh. We get in trouble now. <laughs> no, we're not going to get in trouble. It's it's if you if you really want to explore an amazing satirical take about sexual liberation and if you and a need for police reform, read Loot by Joe Orton. Oh, yeah. But anyway, okay. So, Loot by Joe Orton is a great play, and it's a great example of how to how to plot. We're going to talk about Harmon embryos or Harmon circles. Mm-hmm. What is a Harmon embryo or a Harmon circle? So, if you are familiar with the TV show Community, or you're familiar, cool, cool. yep, or if you're familiar with, um, I think he also writes Rick and Morty. Yep. Um, he also was involved with the people who made Yacht Rock, but I don't think he wrote it. I think he just hung out with them. Um, in any case, Dan Harmon came up with a way of creating a plot that has been widely explored all over the Internet. Um, and it's very interesting. Basically, mm-hmm. what it is, is here's what you're going to do. If you are sitting around listening to this at home and you're not driving or operating heavy machinery, mm-hmm. grab a pen, grab a pencil, whatever makes you happy, and a piece of paper, and here's what you're going to do. And if you are operating heavy machinery or driving or something like that, just listen and you can do this later. What you're going to do to make a Harmon embryo or a Harmon circle or whatever, you're going to draw a circle going to draw a line straight down through the middle of that circle and you're going to draw a line straight across 
through the center of that circle. Then you're going to draw another line. Uh, you're going to you're going to buy you're going to bisect the quarters. So you're going to draw lines across it. And you I'll have put a, eight, I'll, eight pizza slices essentially. Yes, eight pizza slices. So at the very top, you're you're at the top pole of your circle. There, you've got a one, and then going clockwise, each of these lines, you're going to number them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <gasps> Maybe want to dance. Da 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 So anyway, then um, what you're going to do is we're going to think about. Here's what it all means. What these numbers mean. You're kind of thinking, why did she make me do this? So point one is where a character is in a zone of comfort. Number two, they want something. Number three, they enter an unfamiliar situation. Number four, they adapt to it. Number five, they get what they wanted. Number six, they pay a heavy price for it. Number seven, they return to the familiar situation. Number eight, having changed. So last week we talked about, can you help me find my mom? Mm -hmm. How would this apply here? One of the other ways to look at this is that the whole bottom half of your circle between three and seven, yep. you can think you could basically take like a highlighter pen or a magic marker or your pencil or whatever and shade out that bottom half. Uh-huh. This is the part where the main character is dealing with what is most unfamiliar to them. Mm. Sort of like the journey between the normal world and the not normal world. Yeah. Um, so what we're looking at, let's let's apply actually, can you help me find my mother Okay. to this? Here's how I would apply it. Everybody else may have a different opinion. Here's how I would apply it. So number one, I know that I just said to you, a character is in a zone of comfort. Instead of thinking of it as a zone of comfort, let's think of it as the quote unquote normal world. Mm -hmm. And um, the normal world for the mom character, I'm sorry, the normal world for the little girl who becomes an older adult. The normal world for this little girl is chaos and fear. Yeah. Um, two, she wants something. Can you help me find my mom? Mm-hmm. She enters an unfamiliar situation. She's running around on the street. She goes into the, you know, the the, the whole normal world for, world for her is she's running around on the street. She enters an unfamiliar situation. She meets the young lady who says, let me take you for a walk. Um, she adapts to it. She asks questions. Um, and she's moderately comfortable. Um, in this case, she she uh, pay a heavy price for it. Oh, I'm sorry. She adapts to it. She plays the piano. She gets what she wanted, which is, which is that she feels moderately comfortable. Mm-hmm. She pays a price for it in that she looks at herself on the video And sees herself as old and realizes the truth. She's not a child. She's not going to find her own mother, but she is going to find love and safety and comfort from her daughter there with her. 
So that's basically how you get how you can apply that to this. It's not a perfect application, but the Harmon plotting system, you're going to you're going to need some wiggle room there. No, I think that's really clear and, and, and a really easy way of accessing the, the development of what's happening with the characters. There's also the story tr- structure that's um, from the, the Juicy. Uh, do you want to, to talk about about that? Basically, the Juicy Details is just the idea that if you have this, the idea is that basically everything on that circle from three to seven or really like somewhere between two and three and somewhere between seven and eight, all of that is this weird unknown thing mm-hmm. is, is where your character is sort of like plodding along going, I don't really know where I am, but I'm going to find out. I don't know who I am, but I'm going to find out. I'm going to look around me and you have to deal with these challenges and you have to sort of die and be reborn. Mm-hmm. Um, Brilliant. And, and I yeah. think, Oh, there's there's so much to be taken from that, and I think by utilising that for your own work, at least you have other ways in there, slightly more detailed than a three plot or five plot structure. And I think obviously it's worked well for for Sir Harmon. Uh, yes, <laughs> and and you know there are other elements we could talk about the hero's journey, but we're not going to mm-hmm. today. There, I think you've also been going on a, a class about non traditional narrative structures, and yes. we'll come back to that at another point too. Um, I yeah. think let's let's end the session today with. Just just giving some some groovy exercises for the folks to to try out, shall we? So, um, could you want to start off with some plot statements, Lindsay? Sure. If you just write out some plot statements, keep them really as simple as possible. Like Ted wants to fill the bird feeder so he can lie on the couch and relax and watch birds all day, but it's freezing cold outside and the metal tin containing the bird seed is frozen shut. So he does what and ends up what. Um, you keep them as simple as possible. You're building a muscle here. It's just like hitting tennis balls. I love hitting tennis balls. You know, I'm a I'm a champion of ladies singles tennis here in my local village. But that aside, uh, yeah. so do, maybe do 10 of those and yeah. then perhaps sketch uh, some fill in the blanks with stories that you know. Yeah, I and guarantee you, if you, do, mm. if you do 10 of them, mm. you'll probably have three absolute clunkers and one will be great. But the point is, you'll feel good about it. Yeah. Um, And then sketch out some plot embryos, fill in the blanks with stories, you know, and stories you're thinking about. If you, you know, it's the easiest thing to do is to fill in the blanks of that with Star Wars or The Wizard of Oz. Yep. Those are the two easiest because they're very much the hero's journey. Yeah. Um, I'm taking a class through writing the other dot com about diverse narrative structures, and I'm uh, looking forward to sharing information with y'all about that as soon as I understand what's going on. Exciting. And I yes. love that. Like both of us are continually learning, right? None of us know the golden rule for the best plot structure ever, but these are at least some ways for you to just have a go, jump in and see if that helps you in your writing process. And we hope it does. Yes. Uh, so, so thank you very much for listening. That's the end of this episode today. And we hope that you get in contact with us if you would like Please to. Do. It's get on... in touch with us at uh, adwit.org, A-D-W-I-T.org. Or you can find us on Twitter 
or you can send us an email. That'll be all in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening. Yes, happy writing, you wonderful people. Take care. Oh, Bye-bye. Yes. Happy writing. Goodbye. Have a wonderful day. Woo-hoo. You have been listening to the Audio Drama Writers Independent Toolkit, hosted by Sarah Golding and Lindsay Harris Friel. Audio engineering, sound design, and music by Vincent Friel. If you enjoyed what you heard, please write a review on Podchaser or on Apple Podcasts. Or you can tweet about us. Our Twitter handle is at adwitpodcast. Please keep in touch. You can write to us at writersadwit at gmail.com. For more information, visit our website at adwit.org. Thank you for listening. Adwit is created and recorded on the unceded land of the Lenni Lenape Nation. To learn more about the Lenape, their history and their culture, please visit their website at lenapenation.org. You can experience the online version of the museum exhibition, Fulfilling a Prophecy, the Past and Present of the Lenape in Pennsylvania, or you can visit the Lenape Nation Cultural Center and Trading Post in Easton, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Sixty-six thirty productions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.